there. This is Benjamin Morse. It's Friday night, and this is this week's episode of Explain Yourself. This is my first week on the show, taking over for Will and Kevin, um, who were gracious enough to have me on last week and uh, give me some pointers on, on carrying the show forward. So I'm excited to get started. Uh, we have um, our first guest, my first guest, uh, Sara Bakia, who is the founder and CEO of Comics uh, from Sydney, Australia. And uh, Comics is basically an end-to-end -end ecosystem for indie comic creators that helps bring their comic ideas to life. So, uh, Sarah, thanks for coming on. And um, basically, tell us a little bit about comics. Thank you for having me on the show, Ben. Um, it's my pleasure to be here. Uh, so, Comics.one, uh, uh, as the website is, uh, is, is an end-to-end -end ecosystem for indie comics. What does what what that means is uh, at the moment we've launched uh, a marketplace for digital comics where people can actually buy back issues from the, the directly from the in, from indie creators. Uh, indie creators have get uh, get a storefront for their brand of uh, you know like for the brand of comics. For example, if you have a brand of comics called say. Uh, uh, coffee time comics right so that that's you get a storefront by that name uh you can bring in your entire team your like your uh, penciler your inker your uh colorist everyone in uh, on the platform uh and then you can post your books sell digital copies of your books at the moment um we we want to extend this to crowdfunding and mm -hmm. also to complete the whole cycle you know the, the creation cycle of comics as it stands today for especially for indie creators is they go crowdfunding first get that first critical mass uh get the comic yeah. to life bring it to life and then then they start selling those issues separately and then for the next issue run they do it again you know <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> I, I my idea is that once this crowdfunding uh, uh you know run ends your issues uh, the sales of your issues basically falls down significantly, right? Yeah. Um, right. And Y platform is basically all about keep uh, keeping keep extending the life of your back issues and your catalog. You know, mm -hmm. um, so you you can you can keep earning from your existing catalog, and then uh, also for the new uh, new issues, you can get them crowdfunded. Um, yeah. The ecosystem part. Sorry. Ben, oh no, go, go ahead. ahead. I, just saying that sounds great. That's a obviously you know like even if you want to bring your comics your previous issues back in a new campaign you know that new campaign gets really complicated because you've got to manage how much back stock do you have do you get you know, things printed up and it really complicates things so that is a i can certainly see how that would streamline uh something exactly exactly so one of the things that we have lined up already for crowdfunding is since you already have your entire catalog on the on the uh, on, on the website you can easily add your entire you know, catalog yeah. and then organize it into bundles the way you want it. Um, doing that again and again is <laughs> for for every single issue is so stressful. Mm -hmm. um, also, uh, the big key differentiator we'll start having is uh, from a lot of other websites that already exist um, is we want to support print uh, and we we because we know that comics is a collector's medium, right? Yeah. You always want to have that lovely physical copy of the book in your hands. Um, and since shipping nowadays is so expensive everywhere around the world, you may have fans in, say, Australia and United Kingdom mm -hmm. or Canada. Uh, they, they don't want to spend $23 to, to ship a comic over to, sure. you know, uh, to Canada. 
uh, for like a $15 cup, right? So Sometimes it's uh, even more than that. So yeah, absolutely. <laughs> exactly. So we are, we are actually working with uh, uh, to, to build relationships with local printers in, in each of these countries who have done this for several decades. Mm -hmm. um, and they know their their craft inside out and, you know, they're reliable enough for somebody on in the U.S. to actually just give them a copy of their book and they can print it and, and fulfill it for them on their behalf. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, uh, that's that's what uh, that's what we are working on at the moment uh, with uh, with, you know, uh, trying to form relationships with local printers. Yeah, that's great because that's something I found when I was doing my first campaigns. Like people would ask me, "Are you going to do?" At first, I was going to do just the U.S. for that reason. Um, I had people asking me, you know, from England, from Canada, a few other places, um, and I didn't want to tell anybody, you know, no, I don't want to do it. Um, I tried to find printers overseas that maybe I could get some one-off stuff printed there, and then go to, uh, you know, have it shipped within the country. Um, you know, so just to cut down that big initial cost. And it was something as a creator and running a campaign was just way too much time to do um, within, yeah. you know, the campaign time. So, and I've seen people start to do that, set up networks where, you know, you're, somebody's like, oh yeah, here's a place you can print in Australia and ship, you know, within there and just avoid that huge, um, you know, that huge burden, which is, I mean, it's almost insurmountable to send something at, you know, <laughs> at this point, even to send from US to Canada is is almost really not worth doing for one floppy it, it's so crazy expensive and many times i think doesn't even make it there there's a huge delay so that's um it's really awesome to see somebody trying to get ahead of that um but i want to ask you like so you know, you're doing all this stuff for for you know i guess like kind of a back-end platform making things easier for creators um are you do you write comics or just a fan when what was your what was your journey to get to this uh to get to creating this platform. Absolutely. So I have been a fan of comics all my life. I think uh, when I was really young, my father brought me copy, uh, a copy of X-Men by Jim Lee and Chris Claremont. <laughs> and that, that just hooked me onto comics for life. Like that's, that's you know, the, the, the run from the early 90s. Sure. Um, yeah, so they, uh, I mean, I have grown up reading a lot of Marvel and also DC, Batman has always been my favorite. Um, there's, there's also plenty of characters of all people, like I just love Firestorm and, you know, uh, I don't know, I have I have this thing for uh, for characters with fire coming out of their heads, so Ghost Rider and Firestorm, I just love them both <laughs> equally. It's a good so, Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, um, uh, I have been a fan of comics all my life, and I, I am also um, a writer myself. So um, a few years ago, I did a, a Kickstarter of my own uh, with a, a few other people. I was part of an anthology and part of the production team, um, and we we ran the Kickstarter uh, together. And that that actually sparked this idea in my head because I saw a lot of. Uh, lot of unknowns and you know like uh, especially like once the campaign ended they mm -hmm. were one kickstarter is an amazing platform but it's not tailored for comics it's a very generic oh, platform yeah. right like it, it has uh yeah so just that like that bit where um where you need to uh, to make make comics fit in neatly with the platform you have to do a few things to do and to get there yeah uh, obviously with 
with Zoop coming in, that's 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 changing, you know. Uh, yeah. But then, oh. what happens after, you know, the the crowdfunding ends? And that's where I thought, like, that's that's the biggest point of a pain point for most creators. Like, they want to keep getting discovered by new and new fans. Yeah. Um, um, and yeah, that's that's how my journey started. And like last uh, in last year and a half, I have picked it up. Uh, a fair bit. I, I started connecting with the community again, um, and you know, like I, I have been chatting with a lot of indie creators and uh, people who run their Kickstarter campaigns from all over the world, actually, um, on podcasts or in person, or you know, like uh, just just trying to understand where they're coming from, what their main like pain points are. Um, and yeah, this is this is basically uh, comics. One that you see today is is distilled from all these conversations. Um, and this is obviously a step one of many, but you know, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. So it's come from there. It's come from a real place uh, of uh, myself being a writer and facing these issues, and um, also seeing that others face these issues as well. Yeah, and I think that's something that. I mean, I, I write and draw, do everything in my comic and to do the campaigns on my own. In addition to that was just pretty, pretty tough. Um, and I, I've heard this from a lot of other creators too. And on top of that, you know, just to go in between campaigns, like you're saying, that's a real dead zone. And if you're you know creating another comic, it's hard to even network. You know, you, I kind of would like network a little, you know, be posting things, talking to people and then like disappear for a few months, make another issue. And, and that was, that's a real momentum killer in terms of your social media presence and, and things like that. And just, you know, the fun of talking to other creators and fans and, and being a part of the community, which is great. So I, I think that's a, um, I work with Zoop and they're great in terms of taking so much of that burden off. And I think there's a lot of other platforms springing up like comics that are really looking at, like what you said, pain points there. Um, I can tell you have a business background using terms like that, but, uh, you know, really paying attention to that. Like, hey, this is where you really get tripped up. This is where people lose momentum. And and that's just really great to see. And it's great to see there are people within this community uh, addressing that, looking at like, okay, where where do we have problems? If we want to keep doing this, I think we all do. You know, how can we make that happen? It's another comment here from Joey um, about X-Men volume two, number one. That's definitely wasn't my first comic, but is the one I remember um, doing a cross country trip with my family as a kid. That was like the one comic I had with me and I read it just over and over again. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Day for two weeks. So it was, uh, it was a memorable one. Yes. Uh, luckily, I think we all had about five copies of it and, uh, and that worked out pretty well because it was looking pretty ragged, uh, by the end of the trip. <laughs> yeah. My, my daughter currently she's going, she's reading, uh, green the green lanterns one the the run okay. from dc uh dc universe reborn mm -hmm. uh where they introduced two new green lanterns simon baz and uh and jessica okay, yeah. cruz yeah um she's actually a massive fan of jessica cruz and that like she just wanted to see where it all started so i she's it's not super age appropriate but she still she still wants to read it <laughs> yeah I look back at some of the comics I read when I was when I really got into reading them. I was about ten, uh, you know, collecting them on my own, not just like here's a comic book, go read it, um, and, and keeping it, but like really like oh, I want to find this one. Like there was stuff in there that was not super age appropriate in retrospect, but no. I think I turned out okay. I'm sure a little too, but uh, you know, I'm gonna bring up the comic site here and. Um, 
uh, unless you'd like to bring it in, kind of just steer us through kind of a visit to the. Um, yeah, sure. Uh, to the site, if you if you want to bring it up, that might be better. That way, you can kind of guide us through kind of where uh, what you see when you get there, what portals there are for creators, where what's your experience as a visitor, and you can kind of walk us through how some of these features, um, you know, really work and and are valuable to you know readers and creators. Absolutely. So uh, when you come on comics, you you do see a section of trending comics where we show you some of the most recent recent comics that have been added um, to the website. Um, and then there's a section where you see some of the coming soon uh, mm -hmm. yeah, to the platform. Uh, you can browse, you can literally click on any of the comic books. Um, like to see Spider Squirrel, of course. Yeah. <laughs> Charlie's fantastic. Charles and, uh, yeah, I, I love Spider Squirrel. I just love the whole uh, uh, the whole universe that 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 they have created. Um, so yeah, every every creator, like I said, they get a profile, um, and they also um, they also get a storefront. Um, so uh, Charlie's brand is Design Studios. They get a storefront where they can show off all their work, and they can tell a bit about themselves. Um, and the creators get a profile as well. Um, yeah. So this is this is the ecosystem part kind of kicking in a little bit, you know. So these are just I'm just laying some tracks for like to grow the ecosystem in future, where people can have profiles, they can follow mm -hmm. each other, um, and then as creators, you can actually send updates to your fans and talk directly with them, you know. Mm -hmm. um, Things like you can test pages with them, or you can while you're actually creating something, you can say, "Oh yeah, does does this page track well with you? You know, or does does this idea of story track well with you?" Um, things like that, you know. Um, yeah, and that's that's great, um, especially with so many of us. I mean, you're you're bringing a lot of social media into this, um, you know, which is great because I think a lot of us are running into the, the issue on would be that with Twitter X or Instagram you know, everybody feels like it's not geared to comics and in that it's frustrating because we're like, we're, we're kind of here to build an audience for that. And exactly. it's just not set up for that. It's not quite the right tool. And it's, it's great to see something that's kind of trying to do all these things at once uh, in a great way. Yeah. Thank you. And, uh, and yes, like I said, you can bring your entire team. So if you see like you, you can, you can be a writer and you can have a pencil and colorist and you can bring your entire team um, I like I see so many platforms and I see people uh, just just one creator or one name on it. That's mm -hmm. that's not how it goes, right? Like every comic has a bunch of people behind it. A lot of people have different mm -hmm. kinds of done different kinds of efforts on it, right? So mm -hmm. why not show your entire team? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, and also, this also cuts across uh, several different comics as well. So, for example, if if uh, this penciler has worked on another comic, you can actually add a collaboration, and they can be visible in several different places rather than you know um, uh, just in one place. Uh, also, you, when you see their their profile, you should you will be able to see all the work they've done. So it's mm -hmm. kind of like they're you know. Uh, adds that LinkedIn kind of effect for comics where yeah. you, you 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 have your portfolio here as well. So, yeah. 
Oh, that's great to see. I mean, there's a little bit of like League of Comic Geeks or, you know, even uh, when I had Marvel Unlimited, they'd have, you could go by writer or art. You know, for me, it was always the artist I was looking to follow, but um, you know, it's, it's great to have that option. It's just, uh, and I think you really see a difference between platforms that are, you know, not just built, even some art, you know, art platforms, like say ArtStation or, you know, DeviantArt are built for artists, you know, but it doesn't really, you can always tell when something's not set up for comics. It's great to see, you know, obviously something that is, and there's so much collaboration within, you know, the comics community and all the indie comics you know, community that it's cool to see, um, you know, to, to follow somebody's work from one thing to another. So that's really cool to see. And um, yeah, I mean, it's this uh, a very well thought out, I think, um, I think uh, answer to a lot of the problems a lot of us are running into in crowdfunding is crowdfunding is getting more mature and a bigger part of the, the comic sphere. Um, you know, that's we're, we're going to need things like this that kind of work well. And the, the cool thing about what you've done is I think you're a creator. So you, like I said earlier, you're looking at things where, hey, where is this? Where's there a problem? Not just sort of creating a platform and, you know, kind of thinking about it. You've run into all these issues yourself a little bit. Um, I know I have. So that's really cool to see. Um, Absolutely. There's there's plenty of other like other ideas that have come from the community. Like, for example, I think uh, there was a creator who told me that if they can uh, they can do proper contracting, like just just to, uh, you know, like send pay, th pay the fellow creators through the platform because they were a TTRPG creator and they mm -hmm. use drive through drive through comics and uh, drive through TTRPG. Um, and they said like they have a team and every time they have to go through the process of paying the team um getting the right contracts in place and all of those things right mm -hmm. they uh they have to follow a very lengthy process and the you, the experience is not that great so mm -hmm. if if we could bring something like that you know the, it would be amazing yeah, I, I don't know if I, I can do it right now, but maybe some point in future. <laughs> Who knows? So, yeah. yeah. That would certainly cut down on the drama within, uh, <laughs> I guess, between, you know, your publishers, creators, all that stuff. Um, so I think that would be that would be welcome. But, um, yeah, it's it's really cool. So you've got a pretty good roster of creators on here already um, as you're starting out, which is great to see. Um these are all really good looking books. Um, can you explain a little bit more about, you know, the crowdfunding uh, part? I, I know you're adding, you're looking to add crowdfunding here. Um, how are those campaigns going to work, in, you know, in comparison to what you see on Zoop or Kickstarter or any of the other platforms? Definitely. Uh, so crowdfunding at the moment, as I said, is, isn't in fancy uh, when, uh, in terms of, so I'm still building out that idea. But mm -hmm. uh, the biggest thing you can do with the crowdfunding that we're creating is you can first uh, add support for a series. A lot of creators have actually requested that they want to launch uh, a series of crowdfunding uh, mm -hmm. campaigns uh, for like, say, if they want to launch issue one, two, and three together, they should be able to do that as a part of uh, the same crowdfunding campaign. Mm -hmm. um the other one is obviously adding their entire back catalog and creating different bundles uh fulfillment in different countries uh the physical copies um and easy being able to do that very easily um via you know like uh instead of 
just stressing out yourself you can just use one of the partners that we have mm-hmm. and we we can we can do that entire fulfillment process for you so um again like uh i i don't know the economics of it just yet uh mm-hmm. what's the what's i know kickstarter charges 10% they're big and they <laughs> But, but uh, I know for sure that we are very much willing to provide uh, a huge network and uh, a ser- service from our side in terms of helping the creators promote their work. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that, that creators don't, uh, a lot of creators don't realize at the moment, I think they do, but a lot of times it takes them a couple of failed campaigns to to realize that is how marketing and PR is actually such an important part of both crowdfunding oh, yeah. um, as well as regular comic creation. Like it, it is not any like especially if you're an indie creator, right? You you're doing everything yourself. You're not really relying on direct to market distribution or uh, a- anything of that sort. Right, so you are the distributor. You are the diamond comics, and you, you are uh, you're doing everything yourself. So um, just having uh, having a roster of uh, of PR professionals to choose from for your campaign, and not stressing about it directly mm-hmm. through the platform, can actually help them in a big way. Like you know, just just. Uh, adding collaborations, finding collaborators, uh, finding artists for your campaigns, all those kind of things. Uh, Yeah. And I think one thing that's really, uh, you know, become really obvious, I think as a lot of creators, myself included, have found that their their engagement has really changed on Twitter in the last few months. Um, And so many of us rely on that as one of our primary forms of marketing. you know, I think that kind of hit everybody that was starting a campaign in July, August, you know, when they started the campaign. Um, not that you don't keep an eye on these things, but you're, you're getting a campaign ready. You're not looking at everything at once. I think there's a real value to having somebody that's doing PR and marketing all the time or, you know, not constantly, but always is engaged in that part of it. They're going to notice, hey, yeah, Twitter's not doing so great right now, but Instagram is doing great. Or, you know, there was there's been an ebb and flow where buying ads on Facebook was doing great. Um, I, I've heard people saying like they get, you know, $10 back for every $1 they spend on those. And then like a year later, they were, there was nothing you, they weren't worth doing. So uh, as these algorithms change and I, I feel like complaining about algorithms is a comic creators, you know, pastime now, but um, there is some element to it where that's always changing. And as a creator, if you're putting together a book, you're working with your team, or even, you know, sourcing printers, getting that part of the campaign ready, it's really hard to be like, wait, is Twitter still good for comics and images? Or do I need to be on TikTok or this or that or Blue Sky? Um, yeah. As a creator, it's really hard to be constantly up on that um, when you're doing all these other things. And so people like, uh, you know, like Joey, um, a lot of other folks that, that do that are going to have a little bit of that knowledge and tell you which way the wind is blowing at the moment, because at least in comics, it changes pretty quickly. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I, I would even say like a lot of successful creators do one very simple thing. They, mm-hmm. they actually ha- have a mailing list and they talk to their audiences very often, you know, like yeah. maybe just start a sub stack. It's, it's literally free, right? Just start a sub stack. Uh, 
you can just write regularly to your fans and regularly to uh, the people who are on your list. They are mm -hmm. the ones who are going to come back again and again and crowdfund your, crowdfund your campaigns, right? Like, sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, like, uh, as I said, marketing is an important part of it. Um, so once you're building your campaign, you can you can look at it in terms of uh, a business decision rather than uh, uh, as much as it is a creative endeavor, right? Mm -hmm. Like you can you can you can look at it as this this is a PR and marketing part of my campaign. This is the distribution. This is this is the printing and uh, fulfillment mm -hmm. part. Um, this is where I get uh, the critical mass of people on social media and things like that, and that's that's my reward. So my your part, the biggest part you have to worry about is uh, is creating the comics and you know making sure that uh, you're sending the right message to the people. So that yeah. if, if like if it, I want to make sure we take the biggest stress uh, stress points out of crowdfunding, you know, when mm -hmm. it's uh, for, especially for comics. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. And I, I think that that thing you keep coming back to the stress points is, is really critical. I mean, we, it's always going to be stressful to put together your own comic and, and do it yourself. Uh, I think the way the industry is changing, it's going to be a little bit chaotic at best for the next few years. And this is, I mean, this is what I think you need to do as a creator, um, hands down is you need to be putting your own books out. Um, so anything that takes a little bit of that stress out of it, because you can only wear so many hats, um, yeah. is going to be a great thing for for creators. And, uh, and and Joey's saying, which is completely right, marketing tip is build your base where they engage you most. And that's something, you know, we always have to keep an eye on. And like you're saying, getting a mailing list, finding those people, you know, that thousand or so people you need to kind of make this sustainable. That'll that'll kind of follow you from project to project and from book to book that's what you need. So yeah, that's certainly, um, and that's what I think you're, what you're doing here is really cool and that you're, you're looking at a lot of these things together. Like, okay, this could, what stuff does it make sense to have on one platform and, and just really be quickly, you know, connected to one another. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, in the end, you know, like these pieces are connected. They're like, you know, pieces of jigsaw puzzle. Uh, crowdfunding connects to the marketplace and then the social aspect of it as well. Mm -hmm. You know, so um, the way it will work is if you're on, say, if you've created issue one and two, you're already selling that on the marketplace. And uh, issue three, you want to crowdfund. So you can you can start a new campaign for issue three in the series. Mm -hmm. Once once your crowdfunding campaign ends, issue three automatically goes into the marketplace, and you can yeah. you know uh, keep selling it basically. So it doesn't stop. You don't stop selling once the crowdfunding ends. <laughs> well, and that's I mean that's good. And I guess that always I get a ton of questions all the time from people who I backed issue two and three. I, where can I get one? Or I I missed the campaign for four. Is it where can I find this? And it's and I'm sometimes that's very easily you know very easy to address um if a campaign's about to start and that book's gonna be offered and at other times it's like ah, i think we're gonna reopen it when we go to print and it's it's not an easy answer which is what i you know i always want to give people if somebody's interested enough to reach out to you um, that's yeah. great you want the answer to be like yes here it is you can buy it right now um exactly. and that's not always possible but it sounds like on a platform like this that's created to to give you that moment where you can say, yeah, we just ended the campaign, but you can hop on there and get it right now. 
Um, and, and that's a, that's, I think a real boon to, um, cause I mean, you've got to communicate with your audience and you've got to make things as easy as you possibly can for them. Um, while we Absolutely. as creators want things to be easy for us, um, you know, we need things to be streamlined for people to, uh, you know, how can I make it easy for you to back this book? You know, that's the, that's the goal. So this is, this is great to see. Exactly. And look, I think it's also quite underrated how expensive it is to actually uh, make comics. And, you know, uh, yeah. it, it's easy not to see that because you see, so when you're part of the community, you have hundreds of comics or thousands of comics being created, uh, you know, every month. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, and um, it, it's easy to forget that if you have to bring a new comic to life, you, you, you end up, spending anywhere between three to five thousand dollars right just just uh raising that kind of money uh in itself is 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 a huge challenge for most people oh yeah um so yeah uh again like it, i keep coming back to the same point but the point is in when you're in that bit in between cycle if you're if you're making enough money you you may have you may not stress enough for your crowdfunding campaign because your existing catalog is actually doing some work for you right so yeah. uh, and that's that's the idea yeah and that's the that's the thing if you're creating books you're working and that's you know you need for those things to be out there building your presence while you're doing that because you need to do both um and uh and Thank that's you. the thing and to, to that point uh joey had a comment here um will pr and marketing professionals be able to create profiles for hire as well uh, on the that's, a good idea. <laughs> that's a good idea that's a good idea i hadn't thought about that but uh yes yeah that's that's a great idea i'll, I'll keep a note of that well i think it would be good. i like you said it's it's great to have every everything in one place uh any ads or even creative teams to to just reach out to one another and say hey i need an artist for this book or i'm looking for a logo anything like that or just people looking to collaborate uh, brainstorm yeah. things that would be a great place to do it yes that's that's definitely on the card so that's that's the social aspect of uh mm -hmm. of comics dot uh, one uh, that will be the connective tissue between crowdfunding and the marketplace mm -hmm. where people can uh, collaborate with each other creative teams can be formed and you know um yeah and i had a question i guess this is more a reader focused um kind of social aspect um is there any plan for like if you click on the book and you're going to read it digitally like on the on the platform um is there like a comment section because i one thing i love about uh when some of the more like cbr and being cool were a little bit more uh before social media really took over the comic uh you know review landscape people would talk about the issues in the article about the issues on like say bleeding cool i really loved that um, you could just see what people's reactions were to plot twists, to characters, to art, to creative teams, even, you know, editorial stuff. Uh, it was really cool to see that play out in in the comments um, and just to combine, you know, the social aspect you get about talking something about something like this on a Facebook group or a Twitter thread. And it's all in one place and you can kind of concentrate it there. Uh, any plans? Yeah. Something like that? Yeah. So that's a great idea. And that's. That's definitely something that's at the back of my mind. Um, so the way that I have thought about it is to, do you remember Amazon, uh, IMDB used to have forums? 
on, yeah. on each of the movies. Something like something to that to that effect. Basically, you can discuss uh, everything about a comic uh, on that page itself, where mm -hmm. people can actually see the entire. So, uh, you know, this page where you see you see all the details of a comic. Uh, mm -hmm. There could be a forum at the bottom of it, and you can you can have several different threads. You can talk about plot points, or you can talk about uh, characters, and you know specific dialogue, and you know things like that. You know, so yeah. uh, like you said, like have several different kinds of threads where people can uh, chat about specific things about a comic. Yeah, because I've loved uh, Big Game Number Two came out this week, uh, Mark Miller's book. That's kind of a con continuation of Nemesis and Wanda and all that stuff, and it's. Um, I've seen conversations here and there about some of the plot twists and like, oh my God, who's gonna who's gonna make it out of this? Uh, I can't believe that happened. All that stuff is, uh, I mean, I remember when Game of Thrones was on, we'd go to a bar in the city and watch it, and it was like a sporting event. We'd have yeah. you know, be forums. People's like, I, I think this guy's gonna get it next episode. I think this character is gonna make it for the season. Uh, just that speculation was as much yeah. fun as watching the show itself. And I, I think of, I was reminded of that when I'd see the, the discourse about uh, big game and like people, you know, tweeting at Mark Miller's, like, I can't believe you did this to this guy and, and <laughs> all that stuff. I mean, that's what we, that's what we're here for. We love that stuff. So um, yeah, that's what I think is really, I keep saying this, but it's really smart about what you've done is uh, it looks like you're trying to, in, in addition to addressing pain points, which I think is really intelligent. We're, we're looking at like, Hey, some of the fun things about this that we, well, we kind of do this thing over here and then we go over to Twitter and we talk about this and then we maybe read bleeding pool or something for, for this thing. It's, it would be nicer to have these things in one spot. Um, yeah. Because I think you'd, you'd increase the, the easier you make for that, for that experience to happen, the more it's going to happen. Um, Cause people aren't like, yeah, I like doing this on Twitter, but I don't like going over here and, and doing this or it's just not convenient. Um, yeah. And that's what I think is, um, you know, to Joey's comment earlier, it'd be great to see this just build around comics because we could all do that there. Absolutely. And, you know, like, I think there's also something really powerful about uh, when when you have readers uh, of a particular comic, they're already fans of it, right? And yeah. when, uh, when fans are able to interact directly with the creators, there's something really powerful about that because, uh, because then... Uh, fans can talk about their own fan theories and things like that but then creators can chime in and say oh maybe you're thinking it in the wrong yeah. way <laughs> uh, just you know just well, that, stop that talking about that you figured it out <laughs> <laughs> exactly so i i feel like uh and, and that you know the one of the other issues that we have is fan retention right when you're carrying uh, mm -hmm. uh, readers from campaign to campaign some of them come some of them drop off uh, what you want to be doing is uh, like keep keep these fan, fans engaged throughout that period of lull between the two uh, two issues come out you know so mm -hmm. uh, this this will basically give creators an avenue to uh, to interact with their readers and you know um, just just keep them engaged uh, throughout that that time as well yeah and I think that's I, that's like such a huge help because I always feel bad when I'm like okay I I got my I just finished drawing this issue now I got to do this thing and I'm not gonna be as responsive to messages as I'd like to be or you know there's there's just not a lot of good ways to do that 
Um, and the more you do yourself, the harder that is to accomplish. So yeah, that's a, a lot of fun to see. And I think that that's, um, I, I think it's really cool too. I've, I've talked with a few other creators about this is like upcoming campaigns. I'm, um, you know, a lot of it has had to do with like, just trying to figure out smarter ways to do shipping and collect things. But uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities for people to just run their campaigns differently. If you're going to do a series, you know, maybe you do the whole series month by month digital and you ship all four out or all five out when you're done. Um, I think as we have better platforms for comics, because Kickstarter doesn't really set up in a way that you can do that. So then you've got campaign for one campaign for one dash two, you know, like I think for a reader who's not just dialed into this every day, um, you know, it's, it's great when people pay attention to us once a week, but they're not going to be really in there paying attention that closely. It gets confusing. So I think that to, to have something focused on comics and the way we want to read comics and talk about them, just what that whole experience is going to be from beginning to end. Uh, I think there's going to be opportunities to do campaigns that are not just more efficient for you know, shipping reasons, printing reasons, those logistics, but just we're going to find ways to make this more fun to do for readers. Exactly. And I think that's exactly. what I, that's what I think the more we free up ourselves to get past these logistics or make them easier to do, we can worry about what we really ought to be working about or worrying about, which is making these stories really fun and, uh, and, a, and a great experience for readers to join in on. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's from the reader's perspective. It's definitely different in terms of the business model for uh, for creators from something like, say, Global Comics, where you, you readers actually pay a subscription fee. Mm -hmm. um, I am not a huge fan of subscription businesses because especially for like for indie stuff, because I think subscription like Netflix works because mm -hmm. Netflix actually pays for that content upfront yeah. uh, in, in terms of, you know, like purchasing rights for it for say two to three years, for example. Uh, but, you know, like, uh, and then that, that's when creators do get their due. But uh, if you're not doing that, then, uh, then I don't think subscription as a creator makes sense for them, you know. Uh, it does make sense for readers. They get a huge yeah. catalog yeah. of books for, say, $6 a month. But, um, yeah, for, for for a creator, if they're paying, if they're getting $0.65 cents for, like, 500 Yeah, that's just not going to – that's not sustainable yeah. to fund, yeah. you know, to be able to keep working on these books, um, yeah. especially. I mean, it, I don't think that works for even a writer, but especially when you're talking about art, color, lettering. Um, you know, or any of the other production costs that go in there. Uh, you know, we need to find ways to, you know, get the value out of this, um, you know, for the creators exactly. to be able to keep doing it. And then, you know, obviously give that good experience to the readers. So, yeah. yeah. I, and I think that that's the the great thing. I You see this explosion of sites that aren't just Kickstarter and Indiegogo, but you're seeing all these other things that are focused on like, okay, we're, we're kind of hitting this speed bump here. Uh, and I ran into so much that not to badmouth Kickstarter at all, but like when I would, when I was running campaigns there, uh, you know, in addition to doing it myself, I'd get questions that from a comic reader's perspective, I like that didn't bat an eye with me at all. It made total sense, but you know, you'd have to write to Kickstarter support. I don't think I ever got answers back, but <laughs> it was just very obvious that this was something that were this built ground, ground up to be a comics platform, um, which of course it isn't. And, really not blame them too much for that 
um, you know, that wouldn't be a problem. That would be something that was set up to address that from the get go. Um, cause yeah. there'd be questions that were very much like, well, how do I follow along with this or how can I go back and get a back issue easily? Um, and, and it just depends on how you're running your campaign or how long you've been doing it. But you know, the, the real takeaway there was that Kickstarter was not set up for comics and certainly not for comic series, uh, in a lot of ways. Exactly. Exactly. So, yeah. I would love to address all of that. <laughs> <laughs> I think you're off to a good start. The site looks good. And that's something, I mean, I'm a graphic designer, so I, I really, you see new sites uh, and, and it, it just doesn't look good. That's not a good experience from the get-go. And I like that this just looks nice. Um, and that's something Thank I've you. heard when um, I was watching a podcast uh, with another creator and they, I think they were running it on Crowdfunder, um, so mm -hmm. another newer platform. And uh, they kept reiterating, and it wouldn't have really occurred to me to be too worried about it. But they're saying, "Well, it runs on Stripe, and it, um, you know, it's it's safe. I've done it myself. You know, there's a concern with a new site, like, oh, is my credit card safe?' And blah blah blah. Um, they, you know, maybe as a creator, you don't think that through to a huge extent, or it's not foremost in your mind. But to some readers and potential backers, it is. So there's really yeah. something to be said for how nice this site looks. Uh, you know, everything. It, it just you know, there's confidence there, I think, basically. And that's what I like to, I like to see when, when things look good. Cause I've seen some sites that are starting out, um, you know, Zoop looks great. I, it, you know, you just, you feel like that's a good site, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Kickstarter obviously looks great. And I think it was, you know, the mold. So it looks like we feel like it's supposed to some of these other newer sites, you know, they load a little weird and I'm like, Oh, that's, that's not, that's <laughs> just a real, that doesn't seem too significant on paper. But I think mm. it, it really does. Um, and I've heard people mention it on the site. I'm thinking of, I'm not going to name it. Like, oh, there's that huge load time and it just feels like something's wrong. And it's already a new mm. site. You're already kind of crossing that barrier to, hey, I'm going to try something new. Um, and I think your site, uh, the interface, everything about it makes that very easy. It's a good experience. And that's um, definitely something that's really nice to see from the beginning. You know, like th this was built to look good, to function well. Um, and it does those things first. Um, so I think those are kind of invisible concerns that, that can get overlooked. Uh, thank you. Yeah, I, I have been doing this for 18 years. I've been building web apps and mobile apps for almost like 18 years now. And uh, I've put like, I think uh, all my all my entire life's experience behind this in terms of building it out. Mm -hmm. um, I built this literally all alone, uh, the whole thing by myself uh but and and you know it's kind of uh two of my true loves marrying here uh, comics and and technology <laughs> so <laughs> yeah just put my heart and soul into it <laughs> uh, yeah awesome to see um one question you said you've been developing apps as well um is it do you have plans i think for like an app that this could function not just as a website but could be an app that will run on your tablet running your phone um, and offer like the same experience. Cause I think that uh, like in my case, I'm a digital, I'm, a, I'm an iPad guy as far as my new comics go um, for the last almost 10 years. Um, just cause I lived in New York city for a while and there wasn't the space to be carrying long boxes from place to place. Um, are you planning on making this the, an app as well, or that's going to tie into there kind of um, seamlessly? Yes. So the, the short answer is, answer is yes. Longer answer is it is in development at the moment. Um, mm -hmm. I'm working with, with another developer 
who's building it um, since, you know, my time is very limited. <laughs> I don't want to do everything myself. I have another developer with me working on, mm -hmm. on the mobile app. Uh, they're working. It's, it's actually an iPad app that uh, we'll be working first uh, on and then work on uh, smaller formats for like for for mobile phones um like you said ipad is actually the the right place for most people to to read comics that that has even with a lot of readers whom we have surveyed uh, it has tested out uh, to be the most uh, like most um go to platform for for people to read comic books so that's that's what we're targeting first we're going to launch on ipad first and then we'll see how it plays out for android tablets and others um so we yeah well that's good to hear because i think that's I, I think there's been if you had told me 15 years ago that it would take this long for digital to to catch on i would have thought it would have been you know the primary platform by this point and uh yeah and it, it speaks to how people i'm not necessarily like a collector um you know mm -hmm. with comics but there's so many people are and that's a great part of this hobby uh yeah. in this field is that people like you know taking care of those things getting them slabbed buying omnibuses just tracking down stuff to to fill out that space on the shelf and uh you know that's a very important part of this experience but i i think is a you know i had to make that jump when my space became limited and i moved yep. out of town but the um, I, I tended to enjoy that. It was just so convenient. I could be in any room of the house and just, you know, start reading this comic, pick up from where I left off. And uh, I, I do think that even though it has been kind of a, a long curve as far as digital catching on, uh, I have to think at some point that's going to, that dam's going to break and it's going to be something people do more. So it's good to hear that there's Absolutely. not just the website, but also, you know, a really good app experience in the works. Yeah. I mean, digital has been around for a very long time. If you know, like Comixology app has has been around for almost like 10 years now. And um, it's not so much that it has not caught on. I think the, obviously, like if you see the success of global comics and, you know, yeah. even like now distillery has come up. There's so many like good uh, digital uh, platforms that have come up and they have they are quite successful the one thing that comics though has showed us is that physical and and digital both can live side by side with oh, yeah. like yeah equal amount of acceptance because i think like like you said like a lot of people love collecting comics a lot of people love to have that thing in their hands and uh yeah, uh, so that's that's the that has been around for a very long time. Maybe the newer next generation wants digital more than physical. Who knows? Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, that's what that's what we are here for. We'll we'll have both. <laughs> Why choose, right? Yeah, absolutely. No, I I'd prefer not to. So that's uh that's cool to hear. And uh, I one question, kind of go back to something we touched on a little bit earlier. You you handle some fulfilling fulfillment stuff as well, correct? Um, so you have relationships with the printers and, and things like that that you use and, and really help creators just put them in touch, get the format they want, all that stuff um, through your, your site? Yes. So not, not at the moment. We, okay. That's a product that we, we want to support. Uh, we, we don't have physical support for physical comics as of today. So okay. We're building those relationships out and we want to do it in a way that's easy enough for the creators to do that and doesn't add up to a lot of their their time you know mm -hmm. um so yeah uh, it it will take some time to 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 build that out but uh, it'll be there 
That's good. That's good. I mean, I can just say when I switch from Kickstarter to Zoop, um, which is to say uh, what that took off my plate. Um, you know, I, I'm already drawing and writing the book myself, doing everything up until you send it to press. Uh, the difference between Scarlet Twilight 3, where I was still doing everything and the campaign, and Scarlet Twilight 4, where I was just doing the book and then, you know, obviously working on the campaign with Zoop, but they are doing handling the printers, handling that stuff, handling all these estimates. Uh, the difference, I thought it would be a big difference. It was even bigger than I imagined it could be uh, as far as yeah. I, I went from not having the, I, you know, I would make estimates for this in my campaigns, but I'd say, oh, I think I'll be done a, a month after the campaign and then we'll start yeah. fulfillment or printing and, you know, whatever. Uh, I was done with Sterling Twilight 4, I think, like the first week of the actual campaign. It, it just was a, um, I thought it would be like a seven out of 10 difference. It was like a, you know, a 15, it was huge. So I, yeah. I think I can tell, I can tell other creators, um, a, a system like this where you're just getting help with some part of it. Um, it is a bigger difference than you'll think. And obviously the more you're doing on your own, you know, the more, the bigger difference that's going to make. So that's certainly something I found to be the case. And it, it's, I have said this earlier, it's great to see so many people within the indie comic sphere, not just making their own comics and helping each other out with that, but you know, you're building platforms, you're doing things that like, Hey, this is going to make everything a lot easier for, for, um, you know, for everyone to do. Um, in addition to that, it just makes sense. Cause I think there's a lot of duplication of effort when you look at, well, how do you get these things printed? Oh, where do you get your cards printed? Where are your comics printed? What are you using for shipping? Where are you getting your boxes, you know, to mail things out? All that stuff is, not something people need to figure out on their own every single time. So um, this might be a good time to mention um, we're on the Geek Collective Network um, of podcasts and they have a special for Gemini mailers. If you go to um, if you go to GeminiComicSupply.com and put in the code uh, Geek Collective 10, uh, which I'm going to throw in the comments in just a second here, um, you get 10% off, which is a great deal. And that's something I think makes a huge difference when you're estimating out your campaign doing stuff like that. Um, just the cost of those boxes um, is a huge deal. And I, if I could, if I had a nickel for every time I'd see somebody complaining online about a campaign that just couldn't make it work with the Gemini mailers, um, tried to send stuff out in envelopes, people get really upset about that. Um, I wouldn't get too upset about it. But like I said, my comics are not in the best long boxes. Sometimes they have sandwiches sitting on them, but that's just me. <laughs> Um, I know that, you know, the way these things show up is so important. So, um, definitely if you're, if you're looking to buy some of those, use that code, um, that definitely takes the edge off of, you know, doing the right thing, I think for your backers and getting them, um, I think everybody likes to see those show up in those boxes. So that's definitely, um, a great thing to see. And I think, again, this speaks to, we don't all have to figure out this our, ourselves every single time and reinvent the wheel. Um, and I know when I was starting my first campaign out, I was a little shy about, um, I'm like, are people going to be upset if I message them? I don't, don't really know them that well and say, Hey, how do you get cards printed up? Or where do you do this? Or backers are asking me if I'm going to add this onto my campaign, but I have no mm. idea how to do it. Um, yeah. I think it's so much easier now because of things like this, that you, um, you have, uh, not just that you can do it here, which of course you can and, and should, and that's great. But I think it just makes it easier for people to see, all right, a lot of people are doing this. A lot of people know how to do it. There's there's kind of a highway for me to get to where I need to be 
um, in terms of managing my logistics and estimates and things like that. So, um, and, and you know, marketing is a huge part of that as well. Um, that's something that's just so hard to, even if you kind of familiarize yourself, I think with it initially or a year ago, that landscape changes so quickly. Um, you know, that can just be all out the window. So it's great to see places where this can all happen. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And also to your point, when you, when you mentioned about the Gemini Mater and a, a point to note that is a lot of readers do associate uh, proper mailing with, uh, with care, you know, as yes. they know that a creator, if they package it properly, they do care about the product that they have created. Mm -hmm. And that's what helps them get repeat backers, right? So, yeah, uh, yeah. Or lose. yeah. I mean, that's that, and I think yeah. that I've seen that comment so many times on Twitter. If you didn't, if I cared enough to back your book, and, and also like kind of incomprehensible, like you cared enough to make this, but you don't care enough to send it. And, and I'd see pictures in like really bad mailers um, that that looked pretty. I've seen like ones of people like duct tape UPS envelopes. That are like half folded i'm like okay that's yeah that should never have happened but yeah the um yeah i mean people do associate that's the gold standard i think is people associate that with like okay you are you're on top of it you're you're the guy on the block whose whose grass is always mowed perfectly you know you're you're on top of things this is running how it ought to run and uh it, it really has become an avatar for that uh, whether does this person care about how i'm gonna get my comic and i don't think it's unfair for any backer um, to think that, although, you know, the cost can be daunting, especially if um, I think we're in a landscape and have been ever since 2020, where, you know, a month goes by, shipping can be drastically different or can change. Um, your cost for printing can change in a big way. And that's something that always made me super nervous. I'd be sitting there putting together my estimates for a campaign and think like, by the time I have this done and ready to ship, is shipping going to still cost, you know, what it does now? Is it fair yeah. for me to assume it will rise? It really kind of isn't. Um, so, yeah, there's just so much there. And I think that uh, you can be as prepared as one person could possibly be and just not be able to do all this alone. So, yes, uh, absolutely. That absolutely. was, I think, the idea. Yeah. And, you know, we, we like you said correctly, you don't have to do it alone. You have <laughs> people like us just, just uh, helping you along the way. Us, Zoop, everyone, you know, we we are we all want the best for the creators, and we want to we want to help them create better books. Focus on uh, focus on getting their best stories out, rather than you know yeah. uh, focusing on the minutia of shipping or you know <laughs> packaging yeah. and things like that. Yeah. yeah. And I think that doesn't, it, it doesn't make sense to spend your time that way if you should be creating a book. And I think that, uh, you know, one of the byproducts of, I think, crowdfunded books are becoming like what Image Comics was in the early 2000s. It was, it, this is uh, where the new stuff is happening. And I, I think if you look at the, the level of artwork, of writing, of just, you know, design and packaging you see on these projects now, as opposed to five years ago, it's huge because I think we've realized, hey, we have not only do you have pros kind of coming into the comic, you know, the indie comics crowdfunding sphere and raising the game in that way. Um, you know, independent creators are also just coming in with a wealth of skills and producing just, you know, not just stories, although the stories are great, but the product itself looks great. And I think everyone's kind of realized it needs to. 
Um, this yeah. needs to look as good, if not better, than the Big Two book. Um, it needs to be packaged well. It needs to be really well designed. The artwork's got to be solid. I think people judge crowdfunding artwork now pretty much um, the same they would judge a Marvel book. And that, that can seem like a harsh standard, but I, I think that's where we want to be. That's the idea. Um, and, yeah. and it takes every bit of time you have to do that. Absolutely, absolutely. I was actually speaking to um, to on another podcast a few days ago, and uh, one of the hosts he is doing a Kickstarter shortly. His letter is actually the the person who lettered the Killing Joke. Oh, so okay. you know, oh. All right. yeah. So you you in today's world, you can get. Uh, a celebrity inker or a celebrity letterer <laughs> to come and you know uh, do work for you on an indie comic. So um, I like the idea amazing. of a celebrity letterer. They don't get nearly enough credit, and that that should I be know. the case. I want to see in a convention superstar letterer. Who did Killing Joke? Was that Todd Klein? I don't remember. I don't remember the name. I'm so sorry about that. He did a lot of the Batman stuff at the time. But uh, yeah, we'll have to look that up later. Um, yeah. I, I yeah. I've kind of undermined my point there. I should know the name. Um, <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, uh, you know, like in, in just, if, if you just look at Kickstarter's numbers uh, mm -hmm. for the last three years, uh, post pandemic, things have changed significantly, right? Yeah. Uh, especially in the, like the comic section. So they used to do what, 11 to 12 million dollars uh, a year worth of comics uh and now in 2022 comics was their second biggest category mm. with nearly 70 percent success rate so they ended up doing 42 to 44 million dollars worth of comics in just 2022 alone mm -hmm. um yeah it's it's amazing like the amount of comics being made now and uh, uh you know Indie, indie folks getting the kind of exposure that they are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think as we see, a lot of those numbers are due to, you know, like bigger, really big name creators. Neil Gaiman kind of waltzing over to Kickstarter and put something out. I know people have mixed feelings about that. I generally think it's probably a good thing, but um, I can certainly see why you're you're over here with your first indie book, like, and then suddenly that happened. Like, well, that's just great. But yeah, um, I know. You know, it, it's, I think, really good. I think. I, I've seen so much talk in the last year about marketing, about PR, about the logistics of printing and estimates and people talking about that. And I think the important thing is, uh, you know, if people want to keep doing this, like I want to keep doing this for a long time, but you have to be able to, to, you know, make some money at it just to keep it going um, to find ways to keep, you know, you've all this revenue that's been generated to the comics part of Kickstarter, you know, I, the creators have to find ways to capture, more and more of that so they can just put it back into the product that some of this is um it obviously it takes a lot of time to draw a great book to write a great book to get good letterers look um richard starking who is actually the guy who did killing joke and he's been yeah. doing indie books for a long time um i think yeah. he did uh elephant man uh, oh wow yeah, yeah which is great stuff but um yeah the you know like i think we're getting so much smarter about you know, finding ways to make this work for creators as we we have creators who have really stayed in there and done uh, better and better each time, done sustainable, um, you know, ways of making this work. Uh, that's that's going to be great. And that's going to help these books get better and better, uh, ultimately, I think. So it's great to see that. Um, 
and I think that's also really, um, you know, the, the marketing help that's available. Um, Geek Collective even helps with PR and marketing and really they'll help you out with site design, uh, you know, book design with your PR, and social media stuff. Um, and they, they really are good about working with every budget. Um, and they are making things very easy, very easier for a lot of creative teams. So that's also very cool to see. Throw that link in the chat as well. But yeah, this is, uh, it's been great talking with you about this. I think that's, uh, it's great to talk about, you know, just getting into the weeds of a story or artwork, but it's, I think, really important also to talk about stuff like this, to focus on ways to do this better. And uh, obviously to bring some attention to people like yourself who are um, not only creating their own books, but taking time out of their lives that they could be creating their own stuff to, to build something for the rest of the community that's, that's going to help everybody out. So um, I really appreciate you coming on here um, and telling us about comics. I'm going to throw the link in there one more time. Um, so people can go visit this site, check out some of the books there. Um, I just put geekcollective.net in the comments as well, um, who are great for PR and marketing stuff, um, can really just help you run your whole campaign um, and just really guide you to the best way to do things, depending on what your book is. Um, and, and we'll work with budgets and stuff like that. Uh, my book is out right now on zoop.gg for a few more days. It's called August Purgatory Underground. And is a kind of a sci-fi action comic that if you're a big fan of Star Wars or 80s cartoons like He-Man, uh, you're going to like a lot. And uh, I think that's it for us. We've talked about comics. Um, I really would like everybody to go check that out because I think it's just awesome to see people creating things like this. So, um, so Sarab, uh, thank you again for coming on. It's been great to have you here and great to meet you. And uh, I think that'll do it for us this week. Thanks a lot for having me on the show, Ben. I really appreciate it. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. And uh, I will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye-bye. Yeah. <laughs>